Hello and welcome back to the Bear Facts Podcast. First time we're coming at you since September 22nd. I'm here with Ben Bolch. We're coming out of hibernation today. We're at the Staples Center after a Clippers game, which is kind of odd, but uh, it's been a while. A lot, a lot has happened. A lot <laughs> has happened, uh, including today where I flew from Lexington uh, to Chicago to uh, uh, L.A. F- to cover a Clippers game. Uh, being the former Clippers beat writer, it was a nice reunion uh, for one day. Uh, coming off the uh, thrilling UCLA victory over top-ranked Kentucky yesterday to a significantly less thrilling Clippers loss to the Pacers. And uh, Doc Rivers welcomed me back by saying after the game, before he said anything else, he said I was banned from now on he was going to call Steve Alford. So uh, no more Clippers games for me, <laughs> uh, which is fine because I think UCLA might have a, a more exciting team right I now. I think he said you're banned and you have to go do a podcast now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to do the first podcast in two and a half months or whatever it is. So I don't think our faithful USCLA listeners want to be reminded of this, but when we did do this, UCLA was 2-1 and one in football. Josh Rosen was healthy. They were going into a game against Stanford that they ended up losing in the last second. Um, so before we jump into basketball, which is kind of the greener side of things, you know, would you want to put a bow on this football season? I know you talked to Dan Guerrero, the AD. I, I, is there anything you, that is worth saying right now about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be an off-season of contemplation. Um, obviously, it was pretty much as close to a disaster as you could get. Um, finishing four and eight and, and two and seven in the Pac-12, the the offensive makeover uh, didn't work. Josh Rosen was hurt. Um, the offensive line couldn't block. The running game couldn't run. That's kind of the season in a nutshell. Um, they've already made one big change, uh, dismissing offensive coordinator Kenny Palomalu uh, the day after the season finale, uh, which was a move that was widely anticipated. But I think the timing of it. Uh, coming so quickly was was a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, and then I sat down with Dan Guerrero, the athletic director, last week, and he backed Mora and said that, you know, these kinds of changes that they're doing take time. Um, and it's, so it sounds like, um, you know, he, he's fully behind Mora right now. But, uh, you know, coming off the end of, uh, of the 2015 season when, that, when they lost three of their last four games and then to lose four out of eight, I think it is fair to say that Jim Mora is on the hot seat going into 2017. Uh, and anything short of an eight or nine win season uh, puts him in, in, in kind of a dire situation. So uh, it is going to be big to see what they do this uh, this off season. Do they stick with the pro style offense? Uh, who are they going to get to be their offensive coordinator? Um, can they find some guys to play offensive line? Maybe a graduate transfer to. Those are kind of the big questions, uh, and we'll see over the next couple of months. So now before we jump into basketball again, just one quick follow-up to that. It seems like college football and college sports in general have almost evolved into a pro-type atmosphere where coaches just get canned. You know, yeah. like, easy, like this, he could have easily gotten fired this year just in the, based on the general environment that college sports have turned into. We saw it with Mark Helfrich at Oregon, and it happens a lot. Could it bode UCLA well to stick through with him because he is a guy who's proven he can put together some seasons and Josh Rosen coming back. Like, is that possibly something that could really pay off instead of just well, pitching it? I mean, of course it could, but I guess, you know, the, the big question UCLA fans have is, you know, even though he's won 10 games uh, a couple of times and taken them to the Pac-12 title game, they haven't gone to New Year's Day Bowl 
Um, and so even if they do have, you know, another eight or nine win season, mm-hmm. are they moving this program forward? And, yeah. and that's the big question. You know, are they going to be a team that, that can be like a USC and get to the Rose Bowl, you know, once every two to three years and make a run for the college football playoff? And I think, you know, if we don't see some significant signs that they either do it or are on the brink of doing that, um, next year, then, then there could be some changes um, because right now, uh, Jim Laura's Pac-12 record is actually worse than Carl Durrell's, okay. uh, one of his predecessors, who was widely considered a, a pretty big disappointment. So, um, you know, that, that, that's kind of a, a black mark on his, on his record right now, and, and he really has a lot to prove. So now the bright side of things. Uh, UCLA basketball is 9-0. and We're recording this on Sunday, so as of now, they haven't moved up in the rankings, but they very much will after beating number one Kentucky in Lexington on Saturday. What is it about this team? I mean, Lonzo Ball obviously is very impressive, but what is it about this UCLA team that feels different? Uh, I know it's your first year on the beat, but I think the prevailing Twitter talk is UCLA's back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the alumni are tweeting it. UCLA's back. Right. We're back. Yeah, I saw Baron Davis, a lot of other former basketball players. Why are they back? I mean, what, what is it with these guys? Well, I think it's a couple things. Um, you know, you, 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 as you mentioned, uh, Lonzo Ball, but he, he, the fresh, the incredible freshman. But he, he may have been – he actually may have been the, the second or third best freshman uh, yesterday against Kentucky. I mean, T.J. Leaf had a monster game with 17 points. 13 rebounds, five assists, uh, and Ek Anigbogu, uh, you know, didn't play a ton of minutes, but man, he had a block that was just amazing, and he had a putback dunk that really, I think, kind of set the tone for the physicality that UCLA kind of brought and took to Kentucky in that game. Um, so, you know, you have this pretty incredible freshman class, and um, you add them with with uh, Isaac Hamilton and Bryce Alford and Aaron Holiday. Uh, this is a team that doesn't really have any glaring weaknesses. They have six guys who average double figures in scoring. Um, they can bring strong defenders off the bench in Holiday and Anigbogu. Um, so, you know, they have a lot of ways to beat you. And if even if, you know, two or three guys aren't having great nights, they have enough depth to withstand that uh, against most teams. So uh, a lot to like right now and, and really bright prospects for, for a great season. Yeah, and also... Obviously, Lonzo Ball's probably the whole year going to be the guy that demands like national attention. He's a top draft prospect, all that. But you said, like, yes, on Saturday, UCLA had six guys in double figures and three guys have four more assists. How much is he the reason for that ball-sharing culture that they seem to be building? And, and, and like... Is there balance? Like, is it real? Like, is it going to? Oh, yeah. You think it will continue? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I think in in six or seven of their nine games, they've had at least six guys in double figures scoring, um, and the ball sharing's been contagious. You know, Alonzo Ball obviously is probably the best passer on this team, but T.J. Leaf can lead the fast break. Uh, Aaron Holiday's a great passer. I mean, you've got basically four or five guys with point guard. Skills, uh, you know. Obviously, T.J. Leaf's not a point guard, but you know he's a pretty darn good ball handler. Um, and you go up and down that lineup, and, and they're sharing the ball, and different guys are scoring, and it kind of increases the buy-in across the board, and just makes it kind of a complete team where everybody's playing for each other. 
you wrote a story on TJ Leaf after the UCLA game, or after the, after the UCLA game, after the Kentucky game, and uh, should be in Monday's paper. Anything interesting you want to highlight from that? Yeah, you know, this kind of explains a little bit how he does have the, that kind of guard skill set. Um, he, he comes from a family uh, of, guy, of, of people who, who really aren't that tall. I think, you know, his dad's 6'3", his mom's 5'7", his, his brother, older brother, Troy, who was a guard at Azusa Pacific, 6'1". And uh, so, you know, not a ton of height there. Uh, and so TJ thought that he was going to be kind of in this mold of, of being somebody who was low six feet, grew up, you know, shooting the ball, handling the ball, and kind of had that mindset. And then, you know, going into high school, you had this huge growth spurt um, and, and just continually sprouted until he was, you know, 6'10". Mm-hmm. So he kind of combined that background of, of handling the ball and shooting from distance with uh, the, the big, the traditional big man skills that he's added in. And, man, he is skilled around the basket. Yeah. He can power in for dunks. Uh, you know, he's got nice little uh, moves around the basket. Um, you know, so... He's really a dynamic uh, player. He can make strong outlet passes. Oh, lead, <laughs> lead the fast break. We're under so, attack. <laughs> so, uh, really a diversified game and, and a fun player to watch. Yeah, uh, if you're still with us here, we are in the Staples Center. What do you call this? Media, room. media dining yeah. room, I yeah. guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So the the banging you hear is probably the Staples Center crew getting ready for the Laker game. That's on Monday. Before we wrap up, I have to ask you, because you were on the Clippers beat last year, kind of why you're here tonight filling in, uh, and now you're on UCLA. What Do you like the college – do you like covering college game? What, what are the differences? Yeah. What do you like about it? Yeah, you know, there's obviously some, some pluses and minuses both ways. Um, I mean, obviously the skill level at the NBA is, is so much higher. The game has a different flow and pace to it. Um, but, you know, being from North Carolina and, and growing up an NC State fan, I've always had a, a spot in my heart for college basketball. Um, obviously, the game's not what it was 10 to 15 years ago before the one and done. But, um, you know, with games like yesterday, UCLA, Kentucky, uh, Rupp Arena, I mean, there's not much yeah. to top that for, for drama and excitement. Um, a regular season NBA game versus a game like that, the, to me, there, there's really no comparison. And one thing I will notice, uh, I saw lots of complaining here at the Clippers game, <laughs> uh, which was kind of par for the course. Take your did shots not, while you can. <laughs> did not see any of that yesterday uh, on the court uh, during the UCLA game. I mean, maybe maybe a, a few gestures or glances, but uh, not on, on, on almost every uh, play. So that's refreshing. Uh, that's something that I enjoy. And I like going to cool places like Rupp Arena. I mean, the NBA arenas are, are a little bit sterile to me. They're, they're yeah. kind of pretty similar. Um, but college places like, you know, Cameron Indoor and Rupp and uh, Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas, there, there, there's a lot of kind of flavor and, and atmosphere uh, there. And, and that brings me to another point I should uh, make is that uh, Pauley Pavilion, we got to see some fans coming out there. I don't think they've had more than seven, yeah. seven or 8,000. You see that uh, environment erupt, and it's like, well, that's big-time college basketball, right? Yeah, you know? uh, and, and, you know, I tweeted this out that, you know, UCLA is a top-five college basketball program all time. There's no question with 11 national titles, but uh, they're not a top-five program in terms of fan support. I don't even, they may not even be a top 
25 or 30 program in terms of fan support. Yeah. But uh, I think that'll. I think you know we will see some some support coming out. I had seen a tweet that there are only about 500 tickets left for the Michigan game on Saturday. Okay. Um, so the big question is, uh, will the fans come out? How how far can UCLA take this unbeaten start? They're nine and zero. Uh, their next games are uh, coming up against uh, Michigan, UC Santa Barbara, and then Ohio State. Um, and I think Ohio State's the only one there that's ranked. So uh, could see them go to 11-0 against Ohio State uh, in Vegas on December 17th, which would be another kind of exciting game. Yeah, and, and you're a North Carolina guy, like you said. You've been covering sports for a while. Where does Rupp rank in your pantheon of... Even yeah. college venues and even venues. I mean, is it is it does it sneak in there? Yeah, you know, it's top. It's probably top three. I I, I liked Allen Fieldhouse a little bit better. I don't know if I was biased because I, they gave me a really good seat there. <laughs> I was along the baseline. It always helps. At all, of course, it always helps. And then I, I always have a soft spot uh, for my North Carolina venues, particularly Cameron Indoor. Even though I'm an NC State fan, I will you know I'll give it up to Cameron Indoor. There's nothing quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dean Dome. Eh, it's it's like all right. The Dean, um, the Dean but, uh, has never has a really good atmosphere, though. I, Roy Williams said that recently. He was like, "I'd love." I think when he left Indiana, he was like, "I'd love to see a crowd like that at our games." Yeah, like, well, they call it the, when I was growing up. They called it the wine and cheese crowd because yeah. they kind of sit back and uh, it's kind of the yuppie uh, crowd. Mm-hmm. They're they're not really into it. So um, yeah, Kentucky's definitely top five, maybe top three. Uh, really really impressed. So now, as you said, Michigan up next. You have information on that game. Should have it on hand, but. Oh, there you go. You have it over there. Yeah, you know they've. I think they've lost uh, two of their last four. I think they lost to Texas A&M and South Carolina, so mm-hmm. to fall out of the rankings. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, not a super tr- strong Michigan team, but but certainly solid. Um, you know, I expect UCLA to win that game unless they have a huge letdown. Um, but just to, just to see, you know, a, kind of a name program in Poly on a Saturday. Uh, evening, and I, I think the fan base should be excited and kind of come out and, and, and just kind of take a little bit of a victory lap in this game and say, hey, you know, we, we acknowledge that this great win over Kentucky, and now we're behind you guys, and let's see, let's see how far we can go with this. Yeah, I mean, the difference between college and NBA is that a week-long break is pretty <laughs> – that doesn't happen in the pro level. Yeah. But UCLA will have seven days between the Kentucky win, seeing if they can bring the momentum back to Pauly. Uh, with Ben Bolch, I'm Jesse Doherty. This is the Bear Facts Podcast. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get back to it uh, now that Hoops is fired up. I know we're both, we're both basketball guys. But uh, follow Ben at L-A-T-B-Bolch. That's correct. Nailed it. All right. And uh, UCLA coming up against Michigan on Saturday. Thanks for listening.